That's what a lot of supplement companies do, right? A lot of companies in general do this, is they will find an insecurity, they will poke at it, and then they will market their stuff to fix that insecurity. And that's what a lot of these women-specific things do. Like I saw name drop in Blogilates, the Sculpt and debloat protein powder. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I didn't know that protein powder could sculpt you. First of all. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, it's the exact same ingredients as a men's protein powder that is supposed to make you bulk up. So which is it? I saw one that was marketed a protein powder that's going to prevent binges. What does that mean? Marketed to women. It really pisses me off that companies do this. It yeah. really does. Where they prey on insecurities, where they take things that are deeply personal to somebody like binge eating. Like if you are a person that struggles with binge eating and you look at that protein powder, you're immediately going to want to buy it. And what happens when that's not helping you? Hey there, welcome to Tater Talks. Two bitches talk fitness. I'm Brooke. And hello, I'm Iris. On this show, we challenge the common understanding of what it means and what it takes to be fit and healthy. We explore all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and mental health without the fluff and BS. So grab a coffee, get ready to laugh, cry, even learn a thing or two. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Two Bitches Talk Fitness. Iris, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm feeling the deficit feels, but I'm good. <laughs> oh, the deficit feels are real. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. How are you? I'm good. I've just been chilling in maintenance. Just a nice, busy day of client check-ins. Nice. Well, we have a bunch of notes for you guys today. There's three things I've been reminded of recently that I'd like to talk about today and kind of get into the nitty-gritty of them because, in my very humble opinion, they're scams. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fitness scams. They are lies in order to make a profit in the fitness space. That's what I want to talk about today. What do you think? I love it. I love it because I have to stay up to date, you know, with all of these different things that people are doing, whether it's Noom, Octavia, whether it's what supplements do I buy? I heard that this supplement can help cure this disease or something. And mm. there's so much of that that goes around that I think it's super important to talk about. Yeah. So let's just dive right in. And I feel like we could do like 150 of these episodes, and we probably will <laughs> down the line. <laughs> but um, we have a little list of three today that we're going to go into. So the first one, Brooke, you want to tee us up? Yeah. So the first fitness scammy scam scam is women-specific supplements. So what a lot of supplement companies do is they market their products geared towards women and those who identify as women. So one thing that I have noticed is you walk in to a supplement store, whether it's GNC, whether it's Vitamin World, whether it's Super Supplements, what, what have you. And there's this pretty pink little corner of all of these supplements geared towards women. Now, women do have different dietary needs than men. Like some women need a little more iron. Some women need like folate, things like that. But with these women-specific supplements, they're really only giving you the same thing as quote-unquote male-specific supplements. In reality, supplements are unisex. 
You don't need a women-specific creatine. You don't need a women-specific protein powder. A protein powder is a protein powder. All you want is the protein that's in it. And usually they're made with less quality ingredients as well. Yeah, that's something I've noticed too. A lot of times there's just random filler in them of less quality, like you said, and they will change the marketing, they will change the branding, they'll change the colors and make them cute and pink, slap some stupid claims on there that don't exist, and then market them as protein for women or creatine for women or any of these things. Again, not talking about like vitamins because some women need, like you said, calcium, folate, iron, because we lose blood once a month, a lot of us do. Um, so we have to supplement with that. But just these general supplements that uh, it's, you know, you've heard of the pink tax? Yes, the pink tax. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. It's like they take a razor or a shaving cream or soap or whatever, market it for women and then charge more. That's exactly yeah. what's going on here. Exactly. And I'm sorry, I'm buying a men's razor. Number one, I'm going to get a closer shave, okay? Oh, yeah, I use dudes' razors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number two, they charge you sometimes double what they would charge men. And it's really unfortunate because it, to me, it, it really does feel like a scam. Yeah, I agree. Money hungry bitches. <laughs> yeah. BCAAs, which the usefulness of those are, you know, we can talk about that later. I don't think they're very useful at all. Yeah. Just a quick uh, tidbit on BCAAs. If you're getting enough protein, you don't need BCAAs. Just want to plug that in there because I get that question a lot of, oh, I need BCAAs. That's what the guy at the supplement store said. No, you don't. If you're getting mm -mm. an adequate amount of protein and you're hitting protein targets, you don't need BCAAs. So I just wanted to pop that in there. That way the listeners know that they don't really need to go buy them if they're getting enough from whole foods and protein powder. Exactly. Not to mention the women-specific BCAAs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or yeah. like, what does that even mean? It's garbage. <laughs> Uh, but that's what a lot of supplement companies do, right? A lot of companies in general do this, is they will find an insecurity, they will poke at it, and then they will market their stuff to fix that insecurity. And that's what a lot of these women-specific things do. Like I saw name drop in Blogilates, the sculpt and de-bloat protein powder. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I didn't know that protein powder could sculpt you. First of all. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, it's the exact same ingredients as a men's protein powder that is supposed to make you bulk up. So which is it? Exactly. Make up your mind. <laughs> it's protein powder with probiotics, which is a whole other thing we could get into, but let's just keep it to this thing. I saw one that was marketed, and this is not Blogilates, but it's a protein powder that's going to prevent binges. What does that mean? marketed to women. <laughs> a protein powder on its own going to prevent binges. It really pisses me off that companies do this. It yeah. really does. Where they prey on insecurities, where they take things that are deeply personal to somebody, like binge eating. Like if you are a person that struggles with binge eating and you look at that protein powder, you're immediately going to want to buy it. And what happens when that's not helping you? And there's a handful of brands that I do not care. I'll call them out. Uh, Peach Perfect, Blogilates, Women's Best is terrible. I'm not even going to touch a lot of the gummies, but the things they say they can do for women specifically that they just, there's no evidence backing that up. 
a lot of multi-level marketing, network marketing companies do this too with their claims that just they're bullshit. If you kind of know what's going on with fitness and nutrition and the supplement industry, which is why we're talking about this today, because a lot of people don't know. There's a couple people I have in mind that I would like to get on here to actually talk about the ins and outs of the supplement industry, which is just wildly unregulated. And there's a lot of nonsense that goes on in there. You know, fat burners is a really good example of that. Oh, yeah. Talk about deceiving people to make a profit. And the fat burners comes down to a fundamental misunderstanding of the difference between fat burning and fat loss, which people confuse a lot. Fat burning is not the same as fat loss. And do you remember that study that came out a while ago that everybody was losing their minds about that was like studies show that people on a higher fat, lower carb diet burn more fat. And then everyone was like, see, low carb is better for weight loss. Yeah. And when you actually read the study, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, when calories are equated, it still comes down to being in a calorie deficit and... If you're eating more dietary fat, you are going to burn more fat as a fuel source. That does not mean that your body is shedding fat. And that is what kills me about all these fat-burning workouts, fat-burning supplements, fat-burning foods, which don't really exist. So a little bit of science to the fat burning versus fat loss thing. And these terms are used interchangeably, but they actually have, it matters. It's not just semantics. They have different meanings in the context of exercise and diet, nutrition, right? So fat burning is the process through which our body utilizes fat as a source of energy. And we use different types of fuels for energy that we get from our intake, our food, including carbs, proteins, and fats. And the different types of fuel we use, our body uses at any given moment can vary depending on a variety of factors, including the intensity and duration of activity, our nutrition, and our overall fitness level. And at lower intensity, I think this is cool, at lower intensities of exercise, fat is the predominant fuel source. Now, this is the major misunderstanding that a lot of people have. Fat burning does not translate directly into fat loss. If you're still consuming more calories than you're burning, regardless of how much fat you're burning during a specific exercise or in a specific moment, you won't lose body fat. You won't lose weight. Fat loss, on the other hand, is the decrease in the total amount of fat on our body. And this happens as a result of, say it with me, calorie deficit, (laughs) meaning that consistently over a period of time, we are consuming fewer calories than we are burning. It's possible to lose body fat without burning a lot of fat during an exercise. If you're in a calorie deficit, that will happen. And again, it's possible to burn a lot of fat during specific exercise without actually losing body fat if you're still not in a calorie deficit. And that's a very important distinction to make, and it's confused a lot. I mean, the most common one that we see is fat burner pills, right? Yeah, or capsules. Yep. Which, I mean, they're basically just caffeine pills, right? They give you a boost of energy so you can move more. It also slightly elevates your heart rate, too, to make your body Mm -hmm. burn more calories, but not enough that it's fucking worth it. No. (laughs) And there's like really only one 
instance where that could potentially be helpful. And that is if you are a physique competitor, stage lean, really trying to eke out that last bit of shred before a show. That's literally it. And that is only because the caffeine may give you a little bit of energy to help with your calorie expenditure, right? You're neat. Your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Otherwise, you are just wasting your time and money. Exactly. <laughs> wishing for something that's not going to do what you think it's going to do. Save your money. Put it towards one-on-one coaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do some mindset work. Why do you think you need this in the first place? Exactly. But yeah, so many times I have heard all the different hacks for thermogenic agents like fat burners. And I've had people in the past tell me like, oh, I only drink ice water because your body burns more when you drink ice water. And it's like five calories. Yeah. Like it burns five fucking calories. The thermogenic agents, they probably burn roughly the same. And like Iris said, it is only really helpful and useful when you are stage lean and you are preparing for a bodybuilding composition where you are reaching low and sometimes dangerously low body fat percentages. Yeah, that any sane person will tell you it's for like one moment and then you get the fuck out. <laughs> exactly. I can tell yeah. you that because I did one. <laughs> yeah, we've had Valerie on the show. She said the same thing. Yep. And yep. it's and that's something where, you know, Val made a really good point. Like you have to be dialed in in order for that to work. Mm -hmm. Also, these devices like the Lumen, have you heard of that one? I've heard of Lumen. Yeah, yep. it's like a breathalyzer that will tell you if you're burning carbs or burning fat at any given moment. That's so fucking stupid. It's Sorry. so dumb. Well, because <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. The, the device works. The problem is the information is useless. It doesn't mean anything, right? If you're burning fat, like you can tweak your workouts and tweak your nutrition and burn more fat at certain times and burn more carbs at other times just as a fuel source. That doesn't equate to losing body fat again. So the device works. Like it tells you what it tells you it's going to tell you. You breathe into it. It measures the CO2 in your breath and it tells you if you're burning more fat or burning more carbs. It works. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> and people get so caught up in this shit. It drives me crazy. It makes me angry actually. No, that is true because here's the deal. These supplements are geared towards people who want a quick fix. Either way, you're going to have to take the long road at the end of the day. Like I think a lot of people don't realize that. Either way, you're going to have to take the fucking long road and you're going to have to change your lifestyle and your habits before you actually start seeing progress. And relying on supplements like thermogenic agents, supplements, things like that, that is focusing on specifics when you need to be focusing on the fucking basics. Mm -hmm. You need to be focusing on how many times a week am I consistently working out? How many times a week am I consistently in a calorie deficit, maintenance or surplus? How many times a week am I, you know, making sure that I'm hitting my step goal? How many times a week am I making sure that I'm getting enough sleep at night? When you do not have those things in check and then you go and buy a supplement, the supplement is not going to fix what you're not doing. Right. The fact of the matter is, the whole marketing thing around the more you burn, the more you lose. It's just not true. It still comes back to calorie balance. <laughs> calories in, calories out. All comes back to that energy balance and making sure that you, you know, if you're in a deficit, for example, you want to make sure that you're eating less calories than your body needs to maintain its current weight. That's really what it is, that you don't need a fat burner. You don't need a special protein powder. You don't need any of that. 
you just need to kind of focus on the basics before you start focusing on the specifics. Mm -hmm. That's what it keeps coming back to. (laughs) Are you focusing on the big rocks? Do all these little random things matter? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and and to a degree, I I definitely see how it can be very confusing to people. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're not in the fitness industry, if you are completely brand new, you know, there are people's fucking doctors that tell them about these supplements. And so I think some of it is a lack of knowledge too. So making sure that you're getting your knowledge from people that are reputable and people that are actually providing, you know, good information, I think is super important because I do, I will say I've worked with a lot of people who they had no idea what they were doing, what they were getting into. And their doctor is telling them about, you know, these different types of supplements that they can take to help lose body fat and things like that. So some of it, I think it is personal responsibility, especially to find out, but also it is a lack of knowledge. And, you know, there's so much misinformation out there that I think that people just don't know where to start. That's very true. Yeah, I mean, I I see it in the in the forums we're in all the time. Messages like, "Well, my doctor said this. Well, my doctor told me to do that," or like, you know, my husband said this, or my friend told me to do this. And those people telling them this information don't have a knowledge of how this works. It's hard because they know those people and they trust those people, so they want to believe those people. <laughs> Yeah. You also have to consider the source, you know, consider the source. If you're, if your best friend is telling you something and she's an accountant for a living, like she does people's taxes and shit, she probably is versed in nutrition, but not in the way that you think she is. Yeah. Let's talk about one thing that really pisses me off. Let's get angry. (laughs) It grinds my motherfucking gears because the other day I saw this stupid video online And it was somebody using a CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor, and they were not diabetic. That makes me so mad. Yeah. So what are your thoughts, Iris? How much time you got? (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So if you've ever seen anybody walking around with like a little, looks like a little box on the back of their arm that's taped on the back of their arm. That is a continuous glucose monitor. And in that box is a needle with a tiny sensor that monitors your blood sugar, your blood glucose level throughout the day. And now technology is amazing. You can connect it via Bluetooth to your phone to see like every five minutes, what's the trend of your blood sugar. Amazing technology, very helpful for diabetics. One of my close friends wears one. One of my coworkers, her kid uses it. And it's just really great, really helpful. Instead of having to prick your finger 18 times a day, actually, it's like 6 to 12 technically. Um, I remember my grandma used to have to do this and her poor fingers, especially as she got older and was healing slower, like they were all black and blue from trying to prick her fingers. You don't have to do that anymore with these CGMs. And that's awesome for people who need them. That's the key. (laughs) The thing is, it's been taken and twisted and bastardized into... Another fear-mongering tactic about food. Another blame this instead of what it actually comes down to, which is the big rocks and calorie balance. So companies are taking them and marketing them because insulin has become the bad guy. If you've ever seen those videos, like Brooke mentioned online, of like, well, let's see what this food does to my blood sugar. I'm going to eat this and then watch this. It absolutely drives me insane. 
because they're causing these people <laughs> to be afraid of a normal body function that is supposed to happen. And if it doesn't happen, your body's broken. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I work with people who use continuous glucose monitors for the for the reasons they're intended for. They are expensive. They're supposed to be used for medical purposes. You know, the same goes for like semi-glutide and the fucking weight loss drugs that people are yeah. taking right now, like Ozempic. Like I'm not even, that's a different, that's a whole nother fucking can of worms Wonderful for a whole Wonderful for other people day. who need them. Yeah. For people who need them. <laughs> but if you don't fucking need it, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna burst your bubble right now and just tell you like, there is no such thing as a quick fix. Like there is no get fit quick scheme. You are gonna have to do the hard shit at the end of the day anyway. And I say that because you might be able to lose the weight but are you going to keep it off? Like that's, that's the thing. Are you going to wear a fucking glucose monitor for the rest of your life to figure out if you can maintain this weight loss? Probably fucking not. <laughs> wow. I'm spicy today. No, I love it though, because this stuff is so toxic. It really, this is the toxic diet culture that we're talking about. All these things that scare you away from certain foods or into certain habits or not habits, certain actions that they just don't matter. They're unnecessary. It's overcomplicating all this stuff. You don't need to overcomplicate it. Like I'm going to make this real simple. Now, simple is different than easy. Simple and easy are not the same. So I just want you to keep that in mind when I say this, but it is real fucking simple. Like, let's use fat loss for an example, because a lot of people, you know, are in a fat loss phase. You are still going to have to be in a calorie deficit no matter what. You are still going to have to be active. You are still going to have to make lifestyle changes in order to reach your goal. That is something that if you're using a glucose monitor or you're using fat burners or you're using, you know, gender specific supplements that shit isn't going to get you anywhere if you are not doing the hard work that you're going to end up doing anyway because time is going to pass either way you're either going to like do things the slow and sustainable way and be able to maintain that or you're going to spend your time spinning your wheels doing things that aren't going to work time is still going to pass and you're going to end up 3 years down the road saying man if i only did it the right way the first time mhm mm so quit buying that shit <laughs> <laughs> for real Oh, reals. So I want to talk about the science of this too, because I think it will help you understand why it just really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. So what is insulin? Because everyone's afraid of insulin nowadays. Insulin is a hormone produced by a healthy pancreas that plays a role in regulating blood sugar, glucose levels, and energy storage in the body. Hormones are just chemical messengers that work in your body to tell your body to do certain things, Right. They're produced by our bodies. Insulin is a very important hormone. Without it, you would die. <laughs> and when we eat, food is broken down into nutrients. Proteins broken down into amino acids. Fats are broken down into fatty acids. Carbs are broken down into glucose. When that happens, the nutrients go into our bloodstream. And they need to get into our muscles and fat cells somehow. How do they do that? Insulin. Insulin is the hormone that creates the pathways for the nutrients to go where they're needed to go. Otherwise, they would just stay in the bloodstream and essentially go to waste. So without insulin, we'd be in pretty rough shape. And when we eat, a healthy pancreas 
releases insulin into the blood. Insulin levels rise. That's the spike everyone freaks out about. And as nutrients are transported and absorbed in the places they need to go, insulin levels drop back down to baseline in a healthy body. This is why diabetics inject insulin because their pancreas doesn't work. It doesn't do that the way it's supposed to. They need the external help. So this is, this is a case of assuming something's wrong with your body when it's not, when your blood sugar spikes or rises after a meal. And this, Brooke, you know this, I hate it when people demonize bodily functions that are supposed to happen anyway. <laughs> yes. They like, I mean, pick anything. Scale fluctuations, cellulite, belly fat, feeling full after a meal, blood sugar rising after you eat, like name anything. This is normal. And people point at it and say, that's bad. <laughs> Hunger is another one. Getting hungry ever at all is apparently a bad thing now. It's not. It's a normal body function. So where the fear of this comes from is that when insulin is high after a meal, the body is not prioritizing fat burning. Again, back to fat burning versus fat loss. The body is prioritizing nutrient and fat storage. It's not prioritizing fat burning. So people say, you know, insulin's bad because it's not allowing your body to burn fat. So we got to keep it really low so we can burn fat. So insulin causes our fat cells to absorb glucose and fatty acids, but it does not make a person fat. It does not prevent fat loss. Back to calories in, calories out. Overeating consistently causes a person to not lose fat or to gain fat. And by the way, side note, some fat cells are necessary in the human body. Body fat is not a bad thing. Speaking of another thing that people point at and say that's bad, you know, obviously there are levels that are more risky than others, but the idea that like any body fat ever on a person is a bad thing is incorrect. So there's that. <laughs> but here's the thing. All of this insulin stuff, that means your body's working the way it's supposed to be working. Again, if it didn't do this, your body would not be working. So spending upwards of $400 a month on an unnecessary gadget deciding the quote-unquote health or fat burning or weight loss effects of any one food by some random metric that isn't even a problem in the first place? I mean, end me. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. And again, the device works. Just like the Lumen thing, it will tell you what your blood sugar is doing. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> and unless you're a diabetic, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's just the fear. Focus on the basics. Don't worry about specifics until you're there. And those specifics are not supplements. Those specifics are things like nutrient timing, getting enough nutrients around certain times of your workouts, you know, and that you don't even need to worry about until you can nail eating consistently, working out consistently, doing shit consistently. Mm -hmm. Always going back to the big rocks and seeing if these things play a role in that. And they don't. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. We hope you enjoyed our conversation because it's going to save you some money and time. Yeah. Yeah. And some fear, hopefully. 
Oh, yeah. That's what this all comes down to, I think, is like fear of insulin, fear of gaining fat, fear of, you know, getting bulky or whatever women are afraid of any given day. <laughs> That's why they go to these sculpt and de-bloat. It's just fear. And I, I don't want you guys to live in fear. I don't want to live in fear. It's just unnecessary. It's wasted energy. You don't need it. Energy you could put towards towards the big rocks. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you guys have a beautiful day. And we will talk to you next time. Same time, same place. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tater Talks, two bitches talk fitness. If you enjoyed the show, let us know by writing a review, subscribing wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find me, Iris, on Instagram at Iris Deadlifts. And you can find me, Brooke, on Instagram at Get You a Brooke. We'll talk to you soon. Nice. Nice. <laughs>